advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Occam's Razor. You know, like always, I hope you're having a lovely day. It's just me and you this afternoon. Got lots to talk about. I'm going to touch on the controversy regarding my show from last night. We got to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene getting swatted. And of course, as the card tells, the crimes of Anthony Fauci. You think Anthony's just a little bit nervous about the prospect of that red wave coming in November? You can run, Tony, but you can't hide. Do me a favor, guys. Don't forget to like and share this broadcast. Help me out by getting it out there on your favorite social media platforms. We are live on Getter. We're live on the Foxhole, on Rumble, on Odyssey, and a whole bunch of other places, too. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you, all of you who are here with me today, hanging out on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. Uh, So yesterday in my video, Red Pill News, later on in the day, uh, I had a a bit of commentary that I gave on the state of conservative media and the openness of certain media personalities to discuss the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccines and the truth about covid in general. Um, Now, Dan Bongino put out a a video saying that he regretted taking the vaccine. So I use that as an introduction to talk about this subject. Now, I know, and uh, I know a lot of people reminded me, uh, for Dan's part, uh, he always said that people should be allowed to decide whether or not they should take the vaccine, that they should not be forced into it. And uh, there was even a time back in November of 2021 uh, when Dan actually left his show for about a week. He was in negotiations with Cumulus Media, which was the distributor of his uh, program, the three-hour program that took Rush Limbaugh's spot. Uh, So again, this was in November. Uh, Dan was gone for about a week, and then he came back and he said, you know, the negotiations were at a stalemate. He didn't even know if he was going to return. That was what he told everybody. Now, the, you know, a lot of people looked at that. They pointed to that and they said, For this reason and this reason alone, you owe Dan Bongino an apology. Now, that video, the commentary that I made, that was not directed solely at Dan Bongino or solely at Tucker Carlson. 
It was a commentary about the lack of courage present in conservative media, uh, these major mainstream stations, how nobody came out and honestly talked about the dangers of these vaccines uh, or uh, the the true nature of COVID, where it came from. There were a couple that touched upon it. Dan, uh, you know, to be honest, was uh, one of the most mainstream people to talk about this in, in any amount. Um, but when Dan stepped away from his show, uh, that was already after people at Cumulus Radio had begun to be fired. Uh, the deadline, I believe, was initially in September of 2021, and then they pushed it to October of 2021. So for about a month, people had been losing their jobs. And there were a number of personalities at Cumulus uh, who are conservative hosts who, rather than taking the jab, uh, they decided to step away from their jobs. They, under you know their own, um, I guess, uh, the, their own morals and their own standing on where they were with these vaccines, because people were being forced they went ahead and quit their jobs rather than being forced to take it. Uh, so when Dan left, people had already lost their jobs. I find it difficult to believe that Dan wasn't aware of these people losing their jobs. Now, I, I don't know that to be certain. Um, but when Dan came back, uh, he essentially came back to the same company that had fired a lot of people. So, you know, I, I think that the point that I was generally trying to make is that there was a lot that could have been done. And uh, people across the board failed the American people on that. I don't hold Dan Bongino personally responsible. And if Dan sees that show and he was offended, Dan, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And I certainly didn't mean to offend anybody out there in the listening audience. You know, and maybe this is personal for me. Maybe, um, you know, this I'm a little more sensitive about this. Because of what's happening in not only my own life, but in the lives of so many people who email me and message me and tag me every single day telling me that their family members, their friends, the people that they love are dying as a result of being forced to take this jab or they're permanently disabled. How many people have I interviewed who were healthy, vibrant young people and they took these jabs and their lives are forever ruined? Okay, and and. What people in the audience are experiencing is on top of what I'm personally experiencing in my own life. The people that I love, the people that I care about, the people that I'm watching get sick around me, the people that I'm just waiting for them to pass away. You know, and I think back to 2009 when my dad died from cancer and uh, what I learned about cancer treatments only after he died. And I've carried a lot of guilt over the years, just like thinking to myself, what if I could have saved him? What if I could have given him that information? And I've watched this entire thing play out. I've watched as the people around me, the people in America have been bamboozled, have been hoodwinked and who have looked at people that they should have been able to trust that chose not to say anything, that chose to remain silent. And I think that I think they dropped the ball. OK, and that's across the board. Again, I'm not looking at Dan specifically or only I'm not looking at Tucker only. But we had a lot of people with a lot of power who together could have come and decided to make a stand. And they could have saved a lot of people and they chose not to. They wanted to keep their jobs. And I understand that was a, an impossible decision. And there were so many people out there who had to take the jab 
because they didn't want to lose their jobs. They they didn't want to face losing everything they had worked their entire lives for. They would rather take the jab. But now they're finding out that that was the wrong decision. My heart goes out to Dan Bongino. Okay, I'm sure he feels terrible and I'm sure that he regrets his decision, just as he said. But there's a lot of people who are to blame here. And like me and a lot of other people who have been trying to get the truth out, we've had our lives ruined. We've had our dreams crushed. We've had our platforms taken away. And the reason that happened is because I cared enough to say something. And so all I'm asking is for people out there with a larger voice, a bigger platform than me, to show a little bit of bravery and be honest. Be honest about what we're facing here. And what are we facing? The crimes of Anthony Fauci. That's why I named this the thing that I did. Because Anthony Fauci has a lot to answer for. Crimes against humanity, as far as I'm concerned. He had a financial stake in pushing this untested, dangerous, completely unnecessary medication out onto America. They tried to jab every single one of us, not just the adults, but the children too. Okay, and I'm going to talk about a number of different young people who died as a result of taking that jab. Every time one of you writes me, every time one of you tells me what you're dealing with, what you're having to go through, feeling the exact same way I did back in 2009, knowing you have the answer, knowing that you have the information, if only that person would listen to you, if only they had the bravery to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be forced to do it. And I'm glad that you guys understand, okay? And I hope that anyone who was upset with me for what I said yesterday, I hope that they can understand where I'm coming from now that I've said this. All right, before we get into Marjorie Taylor, excuse me, (laughs) the people who have unfortunately passed away as a result of uh, taking these jabs, I want to remind everybody about the state we're in in America. You know, I know a lot of people are tired. A lot of people are on edge. And I know that we are essentially at war with what at times seems like an insurmountable foe. But on today's date, back in 1814, the British came and ransacked and set the White House on fire. This is uh, the War of 1812. Obviously, is a little bit after 1812. But despite that continuing aggression, despite the fact that, again, a seemingly insurmountable foe that we had already beaten once came back and tried to destroy us once more, America persevered. And despite what we're seeing, the lies, the propaganda, the attacks, the constant bullshit coming from the enemy, America is going to persevere. America is going to continue to soldier on. And we are approaching a very meaningful moment here in November when we bring into session a brand new Congress completely composed of America first candidates, real people who don't even want to be in office, who are running for office because they have watched the people they trusted, the leaders that they voted for, abdicate their responsibility to the American people actively destroying the Constitution, actively working to subvert this great American republic. We have a new day coming. And one such person who is fighting for that is Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
She spoke this weekend at the Moment of Truth Summit. And uh, Steve Bannon suggested that she could potentially be the new Speaker of the House. I like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Some people don't care for her. But I don't think she's a politician. And that's why I like her. I think that America needs someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because to me, she's a lot like Donald Trump. She walked away from a successful business, her life with her family, because she saw what was happening to America. She saw the direction we were going, and she wanted to do something about it. And as a result of that, Marjorie is dangerous to the deep state. Marjorie is dangerous to the people that we fight on a daily basis. So last night around 1 a.m., she got swatted. Now, this is not the first time Marjorie has been targeted for a swatting. Uh, She recently has appeared on uh, the Tim Pool show, Timcast, on a number of occasions. And Tim actually got swatted because he had the courage to have Marjorie on. Now, no matter what you think about Tim Pool, Tim's also a a person with a big voice who has the potential uh, to really change things and uh, to open people's minds because of his platform. And I applaud him for having Marjorie on the show. Uh, As a result of Marjorie coming on his show, people figured out where he lived. Uh, They showed up at his house. They actively worked to subvert him and his platform. And that's exactly what they're doing to Marjorie. I'm sure you guys know what a swatting is. I probably don't have to define it. But just in case anybody out there doesn't know, a swatting is when you, not the person you're sending the police to, but you call the police And you tell them that either you're a person with a gun or you're suicidal, you have hostages, and then you give them the address. So they gave Marjorie Taylor Greene's address. We don't know the content of the call to the police, Um, but uh, thank God the police knew who Marjorie was and and they were probably expecting this. So apparently they showed up just after 1 a.m. and everything went smoothly. But, you know, I mean, Marjorie is a person who is a public Second Amendment advocate. I'm certain that the leftist radicals that sent the police to her home in this fake and illegal swatting acts act uh, were hoping that Marjorie would probably come out to defend herself in the middle of the night. And if that had happened and the police had seen that gun, they very easily could have killed her right there on the spot. People have been killed because of swatting. People get swatted all the time in today's world because you have uh, a number of different methods by which you can call anonymously. People route their phones through other countries. They can disguise their phone number as something else. They can use a VPN to hide their tracks and their IP address. Uh, Sometimes, uh, I've even heard of this, they will have an automated robocall sent to the police, and then the police have got no, no choice but to address that call. If someone gets a call at a police station anywhere in the United States and it says, you know, I'm going to do this terrible act, you need to come and stop me, then they have to pretend, they have to act, rather, as if it could be legitimate. So they showed up at Marjorie's house. Thank God they probably had their heads on straight. Thank God Marjorie was probably expecting it. Uh, And, uh, you know, I haven't had time to go on Twitter and see the response uh, as to what the liberals are saying about this, but I'm sure they love it. I'm sure they love the idea of Marjorie, at the very least, being inconvenienced and waking, uh, being woken up at her home in Georgia in the middle of the night. But this is an act of cowardice, my friends. This is an act of desperation. This is what 
the liberals have to resort to because we know they can't beat us philosophically. We know they can't beat us on the issues. We know they can't beat us on policy. The only thing they have is to resort to violence, childish acts, and acts that could potentially get us put in the ground. So I'm very happy that everything's good with Marjorie. Hmm. So uh, you might also remember yesterday uh, I, uh, I spoke about the possibility that John McAfee uh, might actually have lived through his attempted uh, hanging. Uh, well, you know, the, the story is that John McAfee uh, committed suicide in a Spanish prison uh, sometime in, uh, in, in late 2021. Um, well, apparently, an ex-girlfriend of his was in a documentary that premieres today on Netflix, and she says that two weeks after John's supposed death, he called her from Texas, said that he was still alive, that he paid off a guard, uh, and that uh, he wanted her to run away with him. Um, now, somebody else is speaking out about this. Uh, there's somebody who actually knows John McAfee, and they said they believe that if anybody was going to be able to fake their death, John McAfee would be the one that would do it. Let's go ahead and take a look at this right here. Um, I have to say, I agree with this. I think it's not a stretch to imagine that John McAfee would have faked his death. Uh, certainly, he he put a lot of time and effort into evading the U.S. authorities. Uh, he faked a heart attack uh, in Guatemala to get out of being taken to jail. Uh, he has escaped a number of countries and stayed one step ahead of the United States government and the IRS. Let's be really honest here. It's the Internal Revenue Service who want John McAfee to pay his fair share, even though he wasn't living in the United States, uh, even though, you know, he was traveling the world. But <laughs> Janice, his, his wife at the time, says, I wish this were true. If John were alive, I'm pretty sure he would not be hiding out in Texas. Now, this is the part that makes me think perhaps this is not true. Because if John were in Texas, it would be very easy for him uh, to be picked up by the feds uh, and uh, to be taken to face justice in Washington, D.C. Uh, but again, due to McAfee's funds, due to McAfee's ingenuity, uh, due to John McAfee's ability to evade the authorities, if there was anyone on planet Earth that would be able uh, to fake their death and evade authorities for this long, I think that it would probably be John McAfee. Uh, so I'd be interested to know what you guys have to say in, uh, in, in the chat because, you know, this does not seem like a stretch to me. All right, he had done it once before. Yeah, that's exactly it. He has done it once before. Uh, so next, you guys, I, I want to talk about the primaries that were held yesterday. We've had a couple of big wins in a couple of different areas. Uh, down here in Florida, we had some wins. We had some losses. Uh, I believe that the candidates I had that were uh, uh, running for a couple of districts down here in Florida did not make it through. They were in the Florida Keys area. Uh, but one very important race before we get to Florida uh, is in the New York primary. This is in uh, the uh, the New York governor's primary. This man, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, G GOP, not the governor. Um, this is for uh, New York 22. His name is Brandon Williams. Uh, he was a dark horse. 
Uh, he came from the outside. He was not the favorite of the of the Republican Party. Uh, the candidate that was running against him in the primary that was being funded by the Republican Party uh, is uh, is, you know, just a, a normal old GOP hack. This guy, Brandon Williams, is an America first candidate. And, uh, you know, I think that based upon the type of governance we've seen in New York for the last several years, uh, I think New York is ready for uh, an, a Republican to be in charge in many different areas. Certainly, there's going to be places where leftists are congregated and, uh, you know, they still maintain a lot of power. Uh, but, you know, somebody like AOC, what has she done since she got to Congress? Uh, the uh, candidate that was running against this man was Steve Wells. Uh, he beat him. Williams beat him by 16 points. Uh, and uh, the person that they were looking to replace was a big hater of Donald Trump, a real rhino named John Katko. Uh, Williams is a truffle farmer. OK, he's not a politician. Again, this is what I love about so many of these people that are running for office all over America. They are not politicians. They are regular, average, everyday people who – I'm not muted. What are you talking about, truth seeker? <laughs> mm. Is it muting? You guys, can you hear me? Because I'm not muted. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Uh, okay, I know that there is a um, – I know that there is a lag in the stream, so – if, uh, if somebody can just give me a five by five in the chat, truth seeker, I'm definitely not muted. I would think Lisa would have run in here by now if I was actually muted. OK, I'm just going to act like I'm not muted because I'm because I'm definitely not on my end. Um, OK, so not muted here. OK, thank you. Keep true. Thank you. Keep true. Uh, I appreciate that. So this is great news for the people of New York. And uh, we're seeing the same types of things in florida down here uh we actually had someone uh that was running for school board uh in my area that um uh, was endorsed by governor desantis she didn't win but there was another candidate for school board that desantis actually did endorse and she did win so so that's good so what's interesting about the school board races is, is that of course you know Ron DeSantis was essentially at war with the woke leftists in, uh, in in the school systems. We have woke school board people all over the country and even down here in Florida. And conservatives and parents and Ron DeSantis all fought back against them. And we flipped a number of, excuse me, we flipped a number of them from liberal to conservative. Uh, one of the reasons we don't like leftists on school boards is because they're trying to push this woke ideology. They're trying to push uh, CRT, critical race theory. Uh, they're trying to teach people that based upon the color of their skin, uh, based upon their identity, uh, based upon gender politics and ideology, uh, there could be something wrong with them from the moment they come out of the womb. But I'm going to tell you right now, God creates perfect people. Every single one of you developed in your mother were born into the world and you were exactly who God needs you needs you to be whether you're black, white, brown, red, yellow or so on whether you're gay or straight whether you are a lefty or a righty it does not matter God made you to be who you are 
And there's a reason for that, right? And what's important is what you do with your life. Doesn't matter what you identify as, doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, it doesn't even matter to me what religion you are, because you're going to live your life. And if you're a good person, well, then you'll make your peace at the very end. So let's see who were the winners in school boards. These are the number of seats that we flipped. One, two, three. Oh, excuse me. These are uh, uh, counties, rather. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Thirteen counties were flipped from liberal to conservative. Flagler, that's me right there. Uh, so this is really good news, and it shows that the people of Florida, the parents of uh, school districts all across America, have had enough of the woke ideology and the indoctrination of our children. We don't need this anymore. We don't need our children to be disadvantaged thinking that because of the color of their skin, they're only going to be able to, to do this or they are inherently uh, uh, hamstrung as a result of it. In Florida, we live free and I'm so proud to be here. I'm so proud to be a part of this. Uh, and I love seeing that we are winning all across America. Uh, you know who else won down here in Florida yesterday? Our boy, Matt Gates. Matt Gates has won the GOP primary uh, in Florida's first congressional district. I did not think that this was going to be a tough race. Uh, certainly, Matt Gates is a firebrand. Matt Gates is a, a strong proponent of America First and the agenda of President Donald Trump. And so as a result of that, with the people really wanting Donald Trump back and uh, knowing that the agenda of the Democrats and Joe Biden and uh, the entirety of the regime are antithetical uh, to the future of America and to the safety and security of the people of this nation, uh, Matt Gates won handily. Look at that. Uh, more than two to one, 54,460 votes with a total of 68%. M. Lombardo, don't even know who he was, and G. Mark, I'm not familiar with either of them because I, I didn't think that they were going to give him a run for his money at all. Uh, Matt is a big supporter of the MAGA agenda. Matt Gates, in my opinion, works tirelessly to ensure that the uh, agenda of President Trump continues to soldier on despite whatever the Democrats try to do to throw a monkey wrench into everything. Very, very good. Uh, let me see. Can't wait to get. Oh, oh, sweet. Matt, 1776 is going to be in Florida. He's going to be my neighbor as of September 9th, bro. That is so awesome. I can't wait to see you here. Can't wait to take you and your wife out to dinner. Uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, here's a name you guys might remember from the past. Uh, Charlie Crist. Do you guys remember Charlie Crist? Charlie uh, was a legislator down here in Florida previously, but he was a Republican. Now he's flipped to being a Democrat. I think that tells you everything you need to know about the true nature of Charlie Crist uh, and who he really was. This is a major problem we have in the Republican Party and we have for decades. Democrats faking out, running as Republicans. These are rhinos, Republicans in name only. And Charlie Crist has won the Democratic primary for governor uh, here in Florida. He is going to be going on to face Ron DeSantis, who... Let's be honest, Ron DeSantis is going to win handily. Uh, I believe nobody was even running against him yesterday. He wasn't on the ballot. But if anybody would have stood up 
and tried to challenge Ron DeSantis, I think they would have been smacked down uh, pretty easily. Uh, Charlie Crist got 811,000 votes, 506, 811,506. That's 59% of the Democrats. uh, And I, I don't know how many registered Republicans we have down here in Florida, but I will tell you this. Uh, it far outweighs the number of registered Democrats. So Charlie Crist has got his work cut out for him. What's really interesting is that he said that this race is his last chance to stop a DeSantis presidential run. And I think he's right. I believe that Ron DeSantis is the heir apparent to President Trump. I think that Ron DeSantis respects President Trump uh, and that he's not going to try to run against him. But if you take a look at what the left-wing media is doing to the uh, the GOP base, uh, no, Captain McMuffin, that this was the primary, so he was only running against uh, other Democrats. So Charlie Crist will face off against Ron DeSantis in the general election. Um, there is no animosity between President Trump and, and Ron DeSantis. Um, you guys, actually, we got to take a break for the second half of the show. Uh, we'll be right back after this. All right. Thank you for sticking around. I see that a, a keen eyed viewer in uh, in the chat over there on Foxhole said that Republican Scotty Moore won his primary race. He's going to be facing off in uh, Florida's ninth congressional district against Representative Darren Soto. So Darren Soto is the incumbent. Uh, I would be really interested to see how this one's going to play out. Let's see if they've got. Yeah, they don't have a tally on the number of votes that either of them win. So uh, what I would like to see is what were the total votes that uh, the incumbent was able to pull and then the number of votes that Scotty Moore was able to pull. Uh, But again, I I think that the tide has turned not only in Florida, but across the United States of America. People are sick and tired of the woke ideology and uh, the virtue signaling that is being shoved down their throats by Democrats in Congress. And, of course, they are going to try to cheat once we get to the general election. But what's different this time? We're ready. We are paying attention. We are watching. We're going to be working at the polls. We're going to be ready with legal challenges. We're going to be keeping an eye in the count rooms. And there's absolutely no way that they're going to shut us out. And they're going to be able to steal this election again. Because so many Americans have switched party affiliations They understand the dangers of the Democrat ideology and the Democrat agenda, and they're now going to be identifying as Republicans. Now, you know, maybe they're not the most conservative people in the world, but they're not stupid. They understand that Democrat equals death. Republican equals life. That is the simplest way you can possibly put it. Uh, I understand that Laura Loomer lost her race as well, which I was uh, uh, disappointed to learn. I know a lot of people were big supporters of Laura. Um, I actually don't know who won in her district, but uh, one individual who was endorsed by President Trump, a woman by the name of Anna Paulina Luna. Now, I have actually gotten emails from people in her district who were not fans of her. I have to be honest, I don't know much about Anna Paulina Luna other than President Trump endorsed her. I believe that Roger Stone is not a fan of her as well. But now that she is the official nominee, uh, it looks like it would be wise to throw your support behind her just because we don't want a Democrat in this seat. Uh, This is in Florida's 13th district right here. 
Uh, Anna is a veteran. I believe she was in the Air Force. I don't believe she saw combat. Uh, but as far as I know, she was in uh, she was in uniform for a little bit. Uh, she says, thank you, Pinellas County. I look forward to representing you in Washington, D.C. and delivering results for our community. President Trump, I kicked ass just like you wanted me to. So, uh, you know, we need as many Republicans in Congress as we can possibly get. So, Anna, congratulations to you. I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do in Congress. Um, so now I want to switch gears and we're going to go back to COVID. We're going to go back to the crimes of Dr. Anthony Fauci because the fallout of Anthony Fauci's decisions, the fallout of his lies are really beginning to stack up. Now, while I was away, there were some really key moments that took place. First of all, Deborah Burks admitted that they knew from the get-go that the COVID-19 vaccines were not going to help people with stopping infection. So, you know, I guess maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the whole point of getting a vaccine, and I know this is not a vaccine, but I thought that the whole point of getting some type of prophylactic measure was to ensure that people didn't get infected. What was it, two weeks to, to stop the spread? Uh, that obviously was a lie. That didn't work out too well. The spread continued unabated. And it was hastened once people started getting the jabs. You can look all over the country and you see people who are in heavily vaccinated areas and they have a preponderance of cases. Uh, we've seen studies all across the world showing that the majority of people with COVID-19 positive diagnosis and more importantly, severe symptoms, those people are the ones who have been vaccinated. Largely, it's us, the purebloods, who chose not to kneel, who chose not to subject ourselves to that dangerous, deadly, and unnecessary medication, we're fine. Maybe we got COVID, but heck, we got over it. We have our own immune system. We have natural immunity. And there is a large group of Navy sailors who felt that their bodies would perform better with their own natural immunity. So there is a group of Navy sailors uh, that are not being allowed uh, to leave the service, but they're also not being allowed to have their uh, exemptions taken note of. So they have these, these religious and health exemptions, um, but the, the Department of Defense is choosing not to recognize them. And apparently they are forcing them to live in some really awful conditions. And you may remember this group of Navy sailors. These are SEALs. These are the same group of SEALs that uh, are being represented by the First Liberty Institute. Uh, and I have interviewed the counsel for them on two separate occasions. Uh, so they have been transferred from regular base living conditions uh, to living in really awful substandard conditions. Uh, they're also not being allowed to leave or to go about their daily lives. Uh, they are being forced to essentially wait in limbo as their cases are, are being heard. So the, the lawsuit is currently ongoing. Um, back in March, the Supreme Court blocked a lower court's order in Texas that would have forced the Navy to stop implementing the vaccine mandate. But now the case is continuing and it's being litigated in lower courts around the country. And these unvaccinated SEALs and other sailors who have yet to be terminated by the U.S. government, 
are basically just stuck in a holding pattern. Uh, the, the worst part about this is, to me, the Navy SEALs are the cream of the crop. All right. These guys went through hell to join a very exclusive group so that they could do one thing and one thing only, and that is serve their nation, protect and serve the people of our country, enter into some of the most dangerous situations they possibly could. They gave everything, sacrificed many times their own lives, certainly their personal safety, and their families allowed them to do that because they believed in America. They believed in this great republic. And the United States government that is currently being run by a criminal cabal, the Department of Defense, that is only interested in pushing woke ideology uh, and paying for, you know, basically anything you want other than a religious exemption. The thing is, this religious exemption that these SEALs are asking for would actually save the United States government money. It would save the Navy money. And instead, the Navy is trying to force them to accept this dangerous and unnecessary medication. Take a look at this. This is a picture uh, from the toilet, from the room, uh, where one of these Navy SEALs, one of these sailors, is is staying. Um, This is, I guess, what you can expect from the living conditions. Things don't work. The toilets don't flush. They're backing up. Uh, It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. These are some quotes uh, from some of the men in in this group. Because I could not leave the area, I moved on to the birthing barge of the Eisenhower. The conditions on the barge are deplorable, much like the USS George Washington, which is anchored in the same shipyard. There's mold everywhere, and the barge's toilets back up and leak. The water leaks out of the base of the toilet and collects near my rucksack and out into the hall. On bad days, it goes into the berthings on the other side. The leaks seem to be sewage. It smells like sewage, and it looks like it, too. There is some sort of worm thriving in the stagnant water in the toilet bowls and on the floor in the leaked water around the base of the toilets. Needless to say, I do not feel comfortable or safe in this environment, and I have contacted mental health services multiple times. I do want, desperately, to be separated from the Navy as soon as possible— But I struggle with withdrawing my request as I feel it could signal that my religious objection was somehow not genuine. And it is. It feels wrong to have have to renounce my beliefs in order to get the Navy to separate me. Here's an image from inside the shower. You can see more sewage backing up. Here's another toilet with worms and parasites living in it. This is disgusting. And I'll tell you guys, this, this is so clear to me. The Navy and the DOD are trying to make the living conditions so horrible for these men that they would rather renounce their religious affiliation, their beliefs, their faith in God, accept this jab that's going to turn them into something other than a human so that they will simply be able to move into better living conditions. But if they do that, they might end up losing their entire career as a SEAL or a Navy sailor because they're going to end up disabled. Or worse than that, they might die as a result of taking that. But the number one objection for these men is that it's against their faith. It's against their belief in God and their foundational religious liberty. The fact that the United States government and the Navy is trying to force these men into this impossible situation, it's disgusting. 
It's horrible. These are some of the best and brightest, some of the most talented people in our armed forces, and they're trying to make them put in themselves in an impossible can, can, in an impossible situation. Now, uh, you may remember my friend Truthmonger, Colin, who calls into the show quite frequently, haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks. But he had mentioned that he was helping a couple of uh, military guides out with a lawsuit because the order that's in place with the Department of Defense says that the only vaccine these guys and gals can be forced to take is the FDA-approved BioNTech or whatever the actual vaccine is. But here's the thing, and Colin told us this, the jars of vaccines that they're actually injecting these people with are not the FDA-approved vaccine. This is the experimental emergency use authorization vaccine. And as a result of that fact, the order itself is illegal. Now, Senator Ron Johnson is speaking out because we've got a whistleblower uh, who has come out and said as much. Uh, So this whistleblower sent to Congress, I believe it was just last week. This is August 21st. So yes, last week, regarding COVID vaccine shipments that were being sent out to Coast Guard clinics. On Monday, nine military officers from across all the branches sent a whistleblower report to Congress regarding a COVID vaccine appearing at these Coast Guard clinics. So this is not one individual. This is a group of whistleblowers that have come forward to speak truth. So it's labeled as Pfizer's fully FDA-approved Comirnaty vaccine. However, it is not manufactured in Belgium as is legally required by the FDA's approval letter. So as a result, this actually probably is the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 emergency use authorization vaccine. We have no idea what's in this stuff. You know, the documentation we got from Pfizer with all the horrible side effects, I mean, I'm pretty certain that was for the FDA-approved vaccine. But the stuff that's in this Comirnaty vaccine, I mean, it could be any number of different things. And I think just based upon the different results that we've seen all across the nation, all across the world, there are clearly differences in the batches. There is probably very little quality control going on here. And if you take a look back at my interview with Melissa, the whistleblower from uh, from Pfizer, you know, she was talking about differences in the vaccines, the the different uh, ingredients, some of them glowing, some of them behaving differently under different types of light. Uh, but the fact is that federal judges in a number of court cases have granted preliminary injunctions against the vaccine mandates in the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marine Corps uh, because all of these guys are seeking religious objections. So the question remains, what is in these vaccines? And do the military members, do the service members have some sort of um, you know court case that they can bring uh, now that it's come out that all of this vaccine uh, that is being pushed on them is not the vaccine that legally they were supposed to get. So think about this. Um, we have, as a result of this DOD vaccine mandate, um, we have a number, a couple hundred thousand uh, that are either unvaccinated or partially vaccinated, 350,000. 
those 350,000 men and women are facing ejection from the military because they either took the first dose and it's something bad happened or they don't want to take it at all. Uh, if we look back at World War II, over the entirety of World War II, we lost 405,399 service members to combat. Um, so we are approaching virtually the number of soldiers that we lost in World War II that are going to be ejected from the military as a result of the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And again, it's not a vaccine. Uh, they are calling it a vaccine. They changed the definitions of vaccines so that they could slide it in. <sighs> One reason that I believe people should be able to object to taking this, this jab, the clot shot, is because we have seen, we have witnessed not only medical data, not only peer-reviewed studies coming out and showing the dangers inherent in taking any number of these vaccines, but we can see the effects on stage in so many different public arenas. We have friends who have been damaged by these vaccines. We've seen that on my show. I have interviewed a number of people who took it because they believed in it. They believed that what they were told was true. You take a look at somebody like John Fetterman. You guys know who John Fetterman is? He's the Democratic um, uh, uh, candidate for governor in Pennsylvania. He's running against uh, Colonel Doug Mastriano. And not that long ago, I believe he suffered a stroke back in May. I covered it at that time. And he was uh, one of those people uh, who was very open and honest about getting the COVID-19 vaccine. You know, he was like, you know, I'm getting jabbed up for everybody else. Um, but as a result of getting that vaccine, I think it's uh, safe to surmise. Hey, what's up, Bruce? Good to see you, buddy. I think it's safe to surmise that as a result of that vaccine, John Fetterman had a stroke. So he was in the hospital for a while. This is back in May. Now, he's only made one other public appearance before uh, yesterday. Uh, when he was addressing some union workers. And John Fetterman is not doing good. He's having trouble finding the words to say what he needs to say. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, the the footage from the event. You guys tell me what you think, if this is due to the jab. I'm so grateful to be here with you all today. I'm so grateful. You know what? With steel workers. You were the very first endorsement my campaign ever got in this race. The very first. I'm honored to be standing in the shadow of your amazing building. I live in the shadow of the Edgar Thompson plant. You know, let me ask you a question. Of the 10 homes Dr. Oz has, do you think any of them have a steel plant across any of them? No. I do. Do you think of the 10 homes Dr. Oz have, has a union hall across? I'm sorry, I guess he's running against Oz. He's not running against uh, Mastriano. My, my, my apologies. Their home? No. I do. 1219, who's here? 1219, 1219, 1219. So that's, I am so grateful for all of your support today. But really, I'm not here 
to talk about me. I'm here to talk all about all of you. Now, let me ask you a question. If you say you think the word of steel worker, what words come to your mind if you say steel workers? History, strength. Well, let me ask you, does of all the words that bring to your mind when you hear the word steel workers, does the word crudite come to your mind? That's not a word that's going to come to my mind, crudite. But you know whose mind it comes to? Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, crudite, comes to his mind. It's not steel workers. But you know what comes to my mind also? Is making sure that I'm going to be proud to stand and defend the union way of life here if I make it to D.C. You know, it's just that simple. So if you've seen footage of John Fetterman speaking before he had his stroke, it's quite obvious that the man has been diminished as a result of that. And I am a firm believer uh, that if John Fetterman had not taken the jab, he would not be having these clearly neurological symptoms as a result. Here's another video clip. And you can count on us to eliminate the filibuster if you come out and step with us we will be able to stand with you in dc i gave away the lieutenant governor governor in pennsylvania the only lieutenant governor in the history to do that and let's let's get some stuff done for america who would ever think that i would be the normal the normal one in the race here yeah with that it's sad it is really, really sad because all of this was completely avoidable, you know, and uh, th this goes back to the argument or the rather discussion that I've had with people online uh, who believe that the elites have not taken the actual COVID-19 jab. Uh, I think that you have different levels to those elite people, uh, Democrats, certainly some of them, John Fetterman being one of them, actually took at least one of the COVID-19 jabs. I think it's clear in the, you know, the issues that he has up there on stage. That was his first public appearance and then his second public appearance. He looks like he's gotten just a little bit better. Um, but overall, I think John Fetterman is not going to make it. I think he's going to have a very difficult time. Uh, and hopefully Dr. Raz makes good on his promise to stand by President Trump if he gets elected. Now, Real quick, just a couple of more instances such as this. We have another athlete, a 37-year-old pro Scottish mountain biker. He died in his sleep two days after winning a bike championship, something that would have required him to really exert a lot of energy, probably pushing his body to the limit. And uh, they have not told us exactly what it was. Uh, they are saying, some reports are saying that he died of a heart attack, but they don't know for certain because he died in his sleep. Now, this is not normal, but the sad fact is it is the new normal here in 2022. Far too many young people, far too many athletes dying with really unexplained causes. We have here another 30-year-old rugby player dying suddenly as well. Everybody is completely shocked. 
Do you think maybe he took the jab? He's an athlete. It looks to me like every athlete that didn't take the jab, they're excluding from any of these abilities uh, to get out there and and play in these sports, uh, to travel around the world, and to take part in the things they love. Now, that leads us, finally, to the crimes of Anthony Fauci. There was recently an interview that... um, uh, uh, was it, uh, Bobby Kennedy? It was like Bobby Kennedy, the third or Bobby Kennedy Jr. I, I can't remember. You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, Robert Kennedy, excuse me. Robert Kennedy did an interview and he said as much as I did earlier in the show that when the Republicans win the house and the Senate, there are going to be investigations into people like Anthony Fauci. The day before Anthony Fauci announced his retirement, Rand Paul publicly stated that he was going to get to the bottom of the COVID-19 virus, and I'm sure that's going to lead us into the COVID-19 vaccines. We have a number of different America First candidates, a number of different America First sitting legislators who understand the true nature of this stuff, who understand that investigations need to be done, and they understand that Dr. Anthony Fauci is essentially the head of the snake when it comes to gain-of-function research and the creation of COVID-19. Now, A lot of people said on Truth Social to me the other day, Anthony Fauci is a sociopath. He has no remorse. He doesn't care. I think that for sociopaths, psychopaths as well, when it comes to the threat of their own safety, uh, of their own freedom, that's the point at which they begin to have that regret, that fear. And certainly I believe that Anthony Fauci is at the point where he is starting to feel the heat. Okay, yes, they are. He's starting to feel the heat. However, he says that he's got nothing to hide. Anthony Fauci would have us believe that there's no reason he should be worried at all. Now, why does Anthony Fauci even feel the need uh, to tell us that he's got nothing to hide or that he has nothing to fear? Let's take a listen to him right here with Neil Cavuto. So uh, this wasn't a way to avoid... Uh, Republican investigations if they take over the House and or the Senate? Oh, Neil, not at all, not even a little bit. I mean, I have nothing to hide and I can defend everything I've done and every decision I've made. So I'm not afraid of that at all. That didn't even come in as a minor consideration. So even if they were to ask you, doctor, to testify as a private citizen now that you would be open to do so? Yeah, of course, Neil. I mean, but if you look at what's happened in the past, I believe that oversight is an important part of the government process. But some of the things that have gone on have been outright character assassination. That's not oversight. So if they want to get into legitimate, dignified oversight, I'd be more than happy to do that. So essentially, if they want to ask him the tough questions... Uh, such as the origins of COVID-19 or Dr. Anthony Fauci's gain-of-function research or why he chose to give very dangerous pathogens to the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China or his financial obligations with regards to these jabs or the uh, connection to the mandates and Anthony Fauci's financial obligations, well— then I think that he's not going to want to play ball. But Anthony Fauci, once you're under subpoena, once you are a private citizen, I remind you that lying to Congress becomes a very complicated issue. 
D Hext says Obama tweet. I will always be grateful that we had a once in a century public health leader to guide us through a once in a century pandemic. Few people and don't see the rest of it. I, I believe, guys, that Dr. Anthony Fauci understands that when the Republicans take back Congress, once Joe Biden is a lame duck, once the people of America have had their voices heard, and certainly once President Trump returns to power, he's going to have a lot to answer for. He was the number one public health official here in America, along with Dr. Burks. Dr. Burks has recently admitted that they knew the vaccines, the jabs, the clot shots were not going to do anything to protect people. They told Trump that these jabs were going to protect people. Even now, uh, I saw an article that I neglected to pull up, but Politico is reporting that the Trump administration rushed, rushed the creation of these jabs through through the creation of uh, Operation Warp Speed. And they're now coming out against it. But I remind you, as I have reminded you in the past, President Trump was not a health official. President Trump was president of the United States. He took the advice of people who were supposed to be telling him the truth. And one of those people was Dr. Anthony Fauci. Do you think Dr. Anthony Fauci walked into uh, the Oval Office and said, President Trump, listen, I got a lot of money wrapped up in this one company, uh, in a number of companies, actually. Uh, And I'm going to decide that these treatments are going to be foisted upon the United States of America without their knowledge of my financial interest. Uh, No, he walked in there and said, this is what we have to do to save people and to make them better. It was a lie. It was all a lie. People are dead as a result of it. How many millions of people across the entirety of this planet are dead as a result of Anthony Fauci? How many millions of people are still alive but permanently disabled as a result of the lies of Dr. Anthony Fauci? He is a war criminal. Anthony Fauci is guilty of crimes against humanity. And once we take back the House and the Senate, the investigations are not going to end. They're going to begin. The first real investigations are going to begin into Dr. Anthony Fauci and the crimes he committed against the people of America and the people of planet Earth. Dr. Anthony Fauci can run, but he can't hide. And it doesn't end there. Yes, it doesn't end there. Take it back. Take it back to the beginning. HIV. What did Dr. Anthony Fauci know about HIV, AZT? How about those nasty experiments he did on beautiful beagles? How about the nasty experiments he did on black orphans in New York City? We can probably come up with a lot more stuff. Dr. Anthony Fauci has a lot to fear. And I think that the next session of Congress is going to deliver every fear directly to his front door. And he's going to have to <laughs> he's going to have to justify everything that he did. He's going to have to try to justify, but he's not going to be able to because there is no justification for war crimes and the deaths of innocents. There is absolutely no justification for this. Anthony is scared, or he ought to be. That's the way I feel about it. All right, guys, let's go through the thank yous over here on the foxhole. 
Uh, I want to remind everybody, later today, I have an incredible interview coming out with Ivan Raiklin. If you're not following Ivan, you can find him on Telegram. He was a big account on Twitter back in the day. Uh, I don't know when he got deleted, but I used to follow him, and I loved his analysis. He is spot on. He's an intelligence community professional. He's about to retire, and after this interview premieres today, he's coming back on the show in a week or so, and we're going to be doing a full live two hours, and you'll be able to call in and ask him questions. We're also going to be doing a roundtable with myself, he, and Patel Patriot. Uh, And what's really interesting is that these two guys— in my opinion, are some of the best read and well-researched people out here in the truth and freedom movement. But I think they each have different pieces of the same puzzle. Uh, And I think it's going to be really great to have them here on the show, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Let's see. Bruce says we need to nail Fauci now before he Epstein's himself. I'll be really honest. However that justice comes to Anthony Fauci, I'm willing to accept it. Uh, let's see. Uh, thank you very much, Brooklyn. She says, uh, join Red Pill 78 on Locals. Get active. Yes. Uh, the weird thing about Locals is that you can only chat if you are a, a subscriber to the channel. Um, and so uh, yeah, I just I've kind of struggled with how best to do shows over there. But please join me on Locals and maybe comment on my stuff and, and tell me what you would like to see. Uh, Leo Slayer says the other night, Sleazy P. Martini from Guar showed his sub list and he subscribed. You're kidding me. Sleazy P. Martini from Guar subscribes to me. <laughs> I saw Guar in concert and they were so awesome when I was in high school. Wow. Wow. I am honored that Sleazy P. Martini subscribes to me. Where is that? Was that on um, on Rumble or was that on YouTube? Oh, yes. Uh, Ivan Raiklin, it's R-A-I-K-L-I-N. Don't worry. You're going to be able to see the interview in just a couple of hours. And then get ready because we're going to do a whole bunch of shows together. Let me just say thank you to Pacific Northwest Sasquatch says, good morning or afternoon for you. Chops said, uh, dropped a cookie. Thank you. Hang 10 Alien Surfer says, hump day cookie. BDR357 says, I appreciate your honesty and truthfulness. Warrior Mima says, I love you and your passion, Zach. Liberty Bell says, much love, Red Pill 78. God bless you and yours. Blessings and prayers for safety. Pacific Northwest Sasquatch again says, love your uh, reporting. Janice 17 dropping a cookie. M the Painter says, McConnell signals to donor class. We don't need them. We don't need them. We can win these elections on the power and the perseverance of the American people and the America First agenda. We do not need the establishment GOP. Redeem Patriot says, thank you, Zach, and all the Patriots getting involved. Average Joe Patriot says, cheers, RP, and much love. Much love to you too, brother. Chops says, Fauci should be sweating bullets over the AIDS orphans in New York alone. I absolutely agree. Uh, That's completely indefensible. And uh, if we get some leaders who actually look into the crimes Anthony Fauci committed, uh, I I think that he has so much to fear. Lou Ann V says, I would pay money to see Fauci in front of Rand Paul again, sell tickets. I would too. Uh, If that happens again, I'm going to be streaming it. Uh, Elizabeth G says, don't forget that Burks has murder on her plate, too. Oh, absolutely. Burks totally has murder on her plate. She's just not as public as Anthony Fauci. There's a lot more to speak about. All right. Um, let me pull up. Buy me a coffee because I know there's one on there. Let me say thank you to Lou Ann V here as well. She says, thank you for all you do, especially traveling to pay- Patriot events and debriefing us so well. 
You are a seasoned professional, better than most of the mainstream cucks. Much love. Uh, and then uh, that's it on there. Let me see if there was one more over here. Oh, yeah, Mitzi. Mitzi says, thank you for a great job of reporting we can trust. Thank you very much, Mitzi. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, don't don't uh, mistake my constant attention for Anthony Fauci uh, as me ignoring other people who are deserving of justice. Uh, Anthony Fauci is not single-handedly responsible for the deaths we've seen. He has a large part to play in it. But there are a lot of people who together failed. Uh, Guar is a band. Guar is a band. Uh, this crazy band that has giant costumes. Uh, it's like heavy metal. I listened to him in high school. So that, that's that's great. I just can't believe that Guar <laughs> oh, subscribes to me. That's so cool. Um, okay. Uh, do, do, do. Uh, let me see. Somebody. Uh, Sonia says, uh, God bless you and yours, Zach. Thank you very much. Uh, let me see. I need to see if there was anything else about. I gave a ride to Guar's new guitarist a few years ago in New Orleans. They had been on tour in Germany. Uh, let me see. Is there anything? <laughs> Brooklyn knows who they are. Brooklyn knows who they are. Uh, let me see. Okay, that's all. Leo, send me an email, man. Tell me where I can find Sleazy P. Martini. I'm I'm so stoked. Uh, I'm also going to be interviewing uh, Michael Graves from the Misfits, another band that I really, really listened to a lot in high school. Uh, okay, let me pass out the gold pills and we're going to get going. I'm going to get this uh, interview with Ivan out and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Release the scratching and it has been released. All right, as always, this has been Red Pill 78. I love you guys and I will see you a little bit later on. Good luck and God bless.